Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is March 10, and our chapter reading for today is Judges chapter 2. We're starting in Judges chapter 2 because this is where the book reintroduces itself after the close of Joshua. In other words, it picks up from Joshua chapter 24. And what chapter 1 covers is an event that has to do with Caleb, the other faithful witness of the 12 spies that went into the land and the establishment of Judah in the land of Canaan. So when we come to the book of Judges, we are coming to a fascinating book where stories have been handed down, down through the generations and been told over and over again. I can remember early on in my early days of public school, that's right, government schools, a Bible teacher would come around once a week and then once a month and then just stop coming altogether. But they would come around with flannel graph and they would put a tripod up and an easel. They would put a board up. They would put two or three backgrounds and then they would tell a story and use figures that they would put upon a flannel graph board and it was absolutely amazing. And that's where I first heard the stories of Jesus. That's where I first heard the stories of Gideon, of Samson, of the judges and of of King David, all of those stories year after year they would tell. And that's how many who are my age in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, that's how they remember learning the stories besides what they heard in church when they went from time to time. These stories are beloved by people in the West who have come up in a Judeo-Christian atmosphere when America had as its authority a biblical basis of values. Sadly, that is no more. But as we open up the book of Judges, we also find that there is a vicious cycle of sin. But also, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. And so we have the grace of God exhibited over and over and over again. Now, as we go through the book of Judges, I want for you, as you read through it, to just remember this cycle. God gave his people rest. After the death of Joshua, the people were at rest for the next generation, and then they began to allow the gods of the Canaanites and the actions and attitudes of the people that were in the land to affect them. God had told them that if they did not wipe out the people as he commanded them to do, that they would be thorns and snares in their flesh, and indeed they were. And as As I have already mentioned in other podcasts, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. 
We have to be careful about who we associate with. Show me your friends, I will show you your future. Whoever you hang around, that is who influences you for good or for bad. And so it's important that we choose good friends. It's important that we choose good companions. It's important that we choose a good church. Because hearing something over and over again will have its effect on you. And sin is permeating because it blends in with our sin nature, our own Adamic, fleshly, fallen nature. And without the redeeming grace of God and the habits that are formed through godliness and godly rituals and routines, which you're forming right now through the 365 Bible reading plan and getting in the Word every day, it is routines and rituals like this that keep us walking in the Word and keep us walking with God and desiring His will above our own or others. And so the book of Judges opens with the people at rest. And then there is always that tendency when things are going good to begin to coast. Now, remember what I've told you. The only way you're going to coast is when you're going downhill. If you're going to go to the next level, as I hear so many leaders saying, let's take it to the next level. Well, that is something that takes intention to accomplish. You don't just go to the next level. There is no elevator to the next floor when we're walking with God. You've got to go up the steps. And that's exactly the way it is in life. You cannot coast. There is no seniority with God. You cannot, in your relationship with God, let up one minute. You say, well, that just seems like that is very intense. Well, life is intense, if you have not noticed. And in this life, we have many opportunities to have joy in our lives and to have the filling and the control of the Holy Spirit, but we're not always there. And so when we are in control, there's going to be chaos, confusion, crying, tears, sorrow, Jesus said in this life, you will have tribulation. And anybody that's lived very long knows that. And the older you get, the more you understand that this life is filled with sorrows. And its length is not much more than the breadth of a man's hand, and it's over. And so the people rebelled. So God, in his great mercy, when they would cry out in their rebellion, God would have mercy on them. But usually it took God sending an enemy to afflict them. And so you had a cycle of rest and peace. And then the people would get content and go astray and rebel. Then God would send an enemy and retribution would come upon them. That is, God would get their attention. Then they would cry out to God and repent. And then there would be a restoration, a redemption. And then the people would get at rest again. So if I had to have a cycle and try to help you to remember it through alliteration, I would say the people were at rest and then they would rebel in their rest. Then God would chastise them. They would repent. When they would truly repent, then God would redeem them. And then God would restore them and give them rest. And then they would rebel. And the cycle would go on and on. This went throughout the entire book of Judges. And the last chapter, last verse, gives you the key verse of the entire book of Judges. There was no king in those days, and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. 
That's where we are today, where there is no central, strong leader. The people will do what is right in their own eyes, and that is different for every man. That means that every man in the days of the judges was the arbiter of what was right and wrong. Every man was in the same postmodern mindset that we are today, that there really are no absolutes, that what I think is just as good as what you think, what I believe is just as valid as what you believe. And that's the sick culture that we're in today. And we are seeing the same kind of chastisement. And when God's judgment falls, it falls on the just and the unjust. When it rains, it rains on the good, bad, and ugly. And so the book of Judges is a story of a cycle for over 350 years, another 100 years longer than what our nation in the United States has existed as a nation. The book of Judges was far over 100 years longer as far as a season, a period of time among the people of God. You see, we have such short mindsets. We think tactically about everything. we got to win this battle. Every battle has to determine everything. So we put everything into every moment. Well, the reality is that that is not what the enemy does. And if we're going to be successful, we've got to think strategically and not tactically. We've got to think about winning the war. We've got to think about what's ahead beyond tomorrow, beyond our own nose. We have to look out in the future and realize that the decisions that we're making today will not only affect us in the future, if God grants life, but it will affect our children and grandchildren and the people that we lead and serve all around us. And so we need to be very careful about how we look at the history behind us and learn for the future that God gives us in front for as long as he does. And so in chapter two, you have the introduction to the book of Judges. And it is a fascinating book. And we learn of the great grace and mercy of God and God's strength and God accomplishing his purposes in spite of the people and in spite of the fallacies of the judges and the inconsistencies of the judges. All the things that they believed that wasn't good. God just uses unclean vessels many times, and God uses broken vessels many times. God uses all the time less than perfect vessels. There are so many lessons of leadership in the book of Judges. One of those is it doesn't matter what you do, it takes time to change a mindset or what we would call today an environment or a culture. It changes every 10 or 15 years, what we call it. Culture is the big word now. used to be environment. Then it would be the workplace or wherever you are. But whatever it is, the mindset is what I'm talking about. A person goes into a church. And a church, every church and every people has a mindset. Every workplace that you go into, every company has a mindset. It has a culture, a certain type of environment, the way people look at things, the way they relate to each other. This is true in families as well. But if you're going to do what God wants you to do, it has to become a spirit-filled biblical culture that's based upon the teachings of the Bible, because that is what brings unity to the family of God, to any family, to any workplace that is, 
everybody on the same page. Everybody doesn't have to be just alike. Everybody doesn't have to be the same height, same color, from the same background, but everybody has to have the same purpose, and that purpose is decided by the purpose of the company, the purpose of the family, the purpose of whatever it is that you're associated with, the church, because that's what brings unity when the same mindset is there and everybody going for the same goals, the same purpose, that brings unity, not uniformity, but unity, harmony, oneness. This is missing because many times, even the Apostle Paul, don't think you are just alone in this generation or I'm alone in this generation. It's true anywhere. It's true as we see in ancient Israel. A mindset is hard to break. It would take a generation sometimes. But when even when you go into a workplace, I tell pastors all the time, if your church is any age whatsoever and it's not just brand new and even in brand new churches, uh, everybody brings baggage with them from what they've been used to if they have come out of secularism or they come out of religious background with churches. The Apostle Paul went into Corinth, which was absolutely heathen, and he stayed there 18 months, Paul himself. And he had uh, Apollos with him. He had Aquila, Priscilla. He had others. But after 18 months, it didn't even take a month, and they were already back in the heathen mindset that they were in before. And Paul said, you're acting like lost people in 1 Corinthians. You're living and talking and walking like lost people. But even at Ephesus, he stayed three years there and left his protege, Timothy, and they still had problems. However, because he stayed there for three years and built that church from scratch and built it upon the foundation of the Word of God, that's right, the Tanakh, the Old Testament, because that's the only Bible they had, and uh, preached Jesus to them and wrote many of the letters that were circulated in that area back to that part of Asia Minor, what is modern-day Turkey, it was still a strong church 50 years later because John was the pastor of it when he was exiled to the island of Patmos. And so Timothy was left there, Paul's right arm, and as Paul went on about his duties. Then after Timothy was Apollos, after Apollos was John, after John was Onesimus, the runaway slave from Colossae uh, that belonged to Philemon, that Paul wrote the letter of Philemon about. All to say, leadership has to be raised up everywhere, and that takes time. So when a young pastor comes to me and says, I'm going into a church, how long will it take for me to really become the pastor? I say, well, what it will take is for you to be there three to five years, maybe seven years, depending upon how old the church is, how much you teach and preach and emphasize the Word of God, and how consistent you are, because a church that's been around 50 to 100 to 200 years, I believe it'll take somewhere between 7 and 10 years to totally change a culture because there has to be a lot of deaths and a lot of people leave. A new generation raised up many times. So this is what happens in the book of Judges, and we see that over and over again. So we learn some principles of leadership that will help us as we walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.